Hello everyone, I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie and this is indisputable. Let's introduce my co-host for the day, the extraordinary Jackson White, co-founder of Politoscope, TYT, Rebel HQ creator. You've heard his commentary, important commentary on this program many, many times before and let's get right to it. Let's many of you have been, hey, let's do this, Jackson. <laughs> so many people have been writing the show desperate for any update on the death of Shaquella Robinson. Her family is desperate too. By now, the videos perhaps popped up in your timeline on social media. It's just so damaging just to see it. Imagine what she went through. There is a significant update. The FBI is now on the case with the field office out of Charlotte investigating her death. And let's remind you, this young woman's family also working to find answers, piece together her final moments, what happened to her as well. Um, here's what we know. Let's show you that because her family is speaking out as well today. As we said, the FBI office in Charlotte has opened the investigation. The 25 year old Robinson, six of her friends arrived in Cabo San Lucas. That was on October 28th, less than 24 hours later, she was dead. NBC News is reporting that Mexican authorities have released very little information, but police in Cabo San Lucas, they have also confirmed in a separate statement that they too are investigating her death. This young woman's 58 year old father, Bernard Robinson, believes his daughter was set up after seeing, can you imagine this father seeing the brutal video circulating online of his daughter being beaten up? Atlanta Black Star has this from the father, an emotional interview. He gave it to TMZ, it was posted the same day of Shinquella Robinson's funeral. Bernard Robinson wanted the narrative to be clear about his daughter. And here's what he says, there was no physical altercation. They attacked her, he said. And he added that his daughter is not the fighting type as displayed in this horrific video. Her unwillingness to fight back while being attacked by an unnamed woman, still don't have an identity on the woman in the video. Let's put up a still, we've chosen not to show you any more of this disgusting video. Her final moments alive, naked, vulnerable, Shinquella's being beaten. And it certainly does support the idea that something more nefarious occurred here. The grieving father said this, it just seems like that was a plot because they couldn't have done that here. Meaning at home where all her friends are, it wouldn't have went down like that, her father says. Um, you know, Jackson, in just thinking about what she went through, and I, I mean it, I can't watch. I cannot look when this pops up on the timeline. But just thinking about what her family's going through, your daughter goes on vacation, then you get a phone call. Um, the people that she left with say alcohol poisoning. She's never coming home to you and then that video surfaces. You can't unsee it, but you're desperate for answers. What are your thoughts? Well, um, first my thoughts is I can't even imagine being in that situation. You know, I, I don't have any children, so it's not something that, you know, I, I can't even imagine that type of pain. Um, but clearly, you know, I agree that this was a situation and she, you know, just got beat down like that in another country that likely obviously had some premeditated thought put into it. And it's definitely important, not just that the family gets closure and justice, but these types of things are important for foreign relations. So it's important that uh, the United States and the 
Mexican authorities really get to the bottom of this, not just to, you know, again, provide closure and justice for the family, but to make sure that these types of things aren't, you know, instances that people fear as they go, whether it be to Mexico or to other countries. So it's important that this really gets seen through publicly. Yeah, and you know, as I said, so many people have been writing, um, and they want, and you know, Dr. Ritchie is going to stay on this. Indisputable will stay on the story. The father, let's let's show you more of what he had to say. His daughter silence. He is her voice, if you will, at this point. And here's what else he said, reflecting on the moments he's going to miss with his daughter, with emotions pouring over. They put a hole in my heart. That was my only child. I can't even be a granddaddy, can't even walk her down the aisle, can't even hear her say, daddy. The family was told by his daughter's friends, she died from alcohol poisoning, but he is not convinced that's the truth. Her body arrived back in the US, Mr. Robinson said she had bruises on her face. Another quote, I cried like a baby when I opened that box, saw her there. She had a knot on the corner of her head, her lip was cut, her eye was swollen. Deep down in my heart, I knew it was not alcohol poisoning. Her family also told the local news station WBTV of Charlotte that an autopsy report states Chinquella's neck had been broken and her spinal cord was cracked. It is something that it's just horrific. I have one child to think about what your child went through. Final moments, thinking perhaps um, until at some point she was amongst friends and now what? As we said, we're gonna keep following the story desperate for answers. Final thoughts from you, Jackson. Yeah, I think just the the explanation of the alcohol poisoning was ridiculous. Even if there weren't bruises on her and there wasn't so much physical damage, I mean, you know, it's not like she was a 19 or 18 year old and hadn't had any experience with drinking at all. So, you know, again, that that explanation was ridiculous from the beginning. But you know, again, what happened to her was tragic, and hopefully, full justice can be served in this case. Yeah, and here's what we know about the person who filmed it. Not much, but either, it, I think it's fine to speculate in this case, either you are part of this thing or you are lacking humanity in the moment because you're filming this and not assisting this woman um, again in her final moments. It's just horrific to think about. As I said, we'll keep following it. Let's move on to Colorado, a gunman kills five inside a gay nightclub. And we're learning more about this perp. We know that he is 22 years old. And let's show you what else that we've learned as of today. This guy is a person who injured 25 others inside an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Name is Anderson Lee Aldrich, the suspect who committed the mass shooting with an AR-15 at Club Q. Aldrich walked into the club, immediately opened fire. Two heroic people, we've learned, managed to subdue the gunman. Was prevented from even greater tragedy here. Again, five dead, 25 others injured. This was not his first act of terror. In 2021, Aldrich made a bomb threat against a mother in Lorson Ranch neighborhood in Colorado Springs. It was reported the sheriff's office back then. Uh, that he had a homemade bomb, multiple weapons, ammunition. 
He faced two counts of felony menacing, three counts of first degree kidnapping. Aldrich is the grandson of Republican State Assembly member Randall Vopel. Vopel represents 71st District in the San Diego area. Vopel previously made comments comparing the January 6 attacks to the Revolutionary War. There's another member of the GOP we do have to tell you about related to this story, Lauren Boebert at it again. Her tweets are coming back to haunt her, but let's first go with what she says about the tragedy. Here it is, the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning, the victims and their families are in prayers. They're in my prayers, she says, this lawless violence needs to end and end quickly. Now, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? It sounds like anybody who hears about this horrific tragedy, hearts go out to the families, the victims, prayers. For those who were injured, it appears gay community targeted here too. That sounds reasonable until you look at her history and her old tweets that are coming back to haunt her. If she has a conscience, there they are. Not just one, you notice how many are on the screen there. Again, it's just who are you when the lights are on? Take your children to church, not drag bars, she says. A kid friendly drag show in Texas was guarded by masked Antifa guards armed with AR-15s. Remember, they only want your guns, Bobert tweets. They want to use theirs to protect their depravity. Five people dead, 25 injured. This is what she said back then. Sending a message to all the drag queens out there, stay away from the children in Colorado's third district. Jackson. Just yeah. when you think it can't get worse with her, she's at it again. Oh well, you know they, we got to be careful thinking that people like her can't get worse because that's their whole careers is getting worse and getting worse, and that's one of the biggest issues with the GOP itself. And it's ridiculous for them to claim that they don't have anything to do with this type of influence. It's not just Lauren Boebert, but the type of nightly programs and broadcasts that go on. People like Tucker Carlson show. Uh, but the reality is that this doesn't have to be normal. And it's so normal that people just kind of accept it as a part of daily life when this type of stuff doesn't happen in other developed countries in Europe and, and things along those lines. Conservative approaches don't work when drastic change is needed. And the last uh, bill that we got through for um, you know gun reform didn't even raise the minimum age to 21. It barely did anything at all. And unfortunately, they're gonna be able to use that to say we already put forth some political capital into getting a a gun bill passed. Um, and another important thing is like, you know, uh, one of the conservative arguments against this will be like, criminals will always get their hands on weapons. But that's very limited because you need, uh, you know, you need uh, relationships and access to get weapons like that. So somebody in the middle of this town, state, uh, in the middle of Arkansas, or in the middle of Florida, if they're just some terminally online incel, they probably don't have those types of relationships to go legally purchase these weapons, which is what these people are doing. As we saw, this guy had a history of violence. So it's, you know, we just live in a country where nothing's being done about this for the sake of gun purchases. But if people really don't want their weapons to be taken away, it'd be a good idea for them to take this a little bit more seriously. Yeah, and you know, I've been watching the news like everybody else. And when you look 
And you listen to some of the people who were inside that club, heroic, right? They subdued this, this person. All they do is lead with love. That's all they keep saying, you know, love. They're subjected to such hate and they lead with such love. Let's put up some of the statistics because this LGBTQ hate crimes, they're on the rise. There's been consistent data about what is going on already this year. Armed protesters, right wing groups such as the Proud Boys have used intimidating tactics to disrupt drag related events in Texas, Nevada, Oregon, as well as other states. Children's hospitals across the United States facing growing threats of violence, including bomb threats driven by an online anti LGBTQ campaign attacking the facilities for providing care to transgender kids and teens. And then in October, a man attacked a transgender librarian in Idaho before yelling homophobic slurs, attempting to hit two women with his car. Idaho is one of 18 states that does not have hate crime protections for LGBTQ people, though many local law enforcement agencies still track those crimes. And I want to know, Jackson, because it seems like if you're if you're taking such care and time to show up at drag shows. And do what you do and spread your hate and threaten and intimidate people. I'm not even being funny. I believe you're at the drag show because you want to be at the drag show. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, I live in Jersey right up here in New York. I'm in the city all the time. This is a, a you know, an area where the LGBTQ communities, you know, people are kind of more used to diversity in general out here. And I, you know, it, I say that to say, Drag shows aren't like on every corner. Like they talk about this as if all you do is see these shows. All you do is see people everywhere, like transgender people or anybody within the LGBTQ communities, like creeping around going after your children. But like you said, it's really the other way around. You kind of have to go out of your way to find these shows because these people are just going about their daily lives and minding their business. So, you know, they're obsessed with the community for a reason, like you pointed out. Yeah, and when when have you walked past a drag show and not had friendly people say, "Well, come on in." Right. They want <laughs> exactly. You're, anybody's welcome, no matter you know who you are, what you believe. Anybody's welcome. But here we go again, and it appears to be an act of hate. Much more indisputable when we come right back. Dr. Rashad Ritchie is off today. I'm Sharon Reed, in for the good doctor. We'll be right back. Welcome back, I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And this is indisputable, love his audience, loyal you are. Let's get to some of the viewer comments today. Appreciate you watching as always. Let's see here, Lynn from tyt.com says, for what reason or who originally posted the video of Shanquella brutal attack? And that's a good question, You know why, why post it? Again, once you see that video, of Shanquella Robinson, in her final moments. You can't unsee that, if you will. Uh, let's go to YouTube. FBI investigating the death of Shanquella Robinson. Mari Anaya says, I feel for her family so much, shaking my head, poor young woman. Something's wrong with some of us. Never more of a true statement than that. Robin's egg, Robin's egg. The video I saw was blurred. And it was still hard to watch, I agree. Um, it's important and it's an investigative uh, tool. Hopefully it'll lead to whoever did this, but um, incredibly difficult to watch. And it seems like 
another violation for this young woman. He should get an attempted murder charge for every bullet he brought to the scene. That in reference to the gunman who killed five at the Colorado Gay Nightclub, A. Risden. Appreciate your comment there. And we'll see because they're right now looking to cement what many believe that it is indeed a hate crime. Twitch, the FBI is investigating the death of Shinquella Robinson and here Mike Boy for mayor. I'm confused about how they were able to come back to the US. Perhaps escaping for now and we'll see what happens. Any and all who are involved, they gotta be brought to justice. And one more for you, this is gunman kills five at the Colorado Gay Nightclub, Gomez for 2420. Surprise, surprise, the white boy doesn't get killed by the cops. And yes, it's a program that covers disproportionate treatment, police, black and white, if you will. And what happens, had this been you know, a brother, more often than not, we know how that one ends, okay? We know how that one ends. I'm not gonna say it like he does, but I'm gonna give it a try. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You would not treat a man this way. You would not treat a man this way. I haven't treated you you anyway. She backed up into your vehicle. I just I asked you. I did not back up into your vehicle. There was a tiny little tap. It was like half us there. She's freaking I out. I haven't. I just. However, he started screaming at me. I didn't scream at you. Just asked her to stop for a minute and so I could take a look at it and she freaked the hell. If you did that to someone, I guarantee you would have driven away unless some crazy man called you out on it. I'm really sorry to get you in the middle of the tea. It's a very, very important. You're just looking out, miss. I'm just looking out for my employee's car, that's all. Okay, so here you have a would-be hit and run, Karen. Okay, she almost got away from the scene there. Little fender bender. Suddenly she's the victim, she could have just taken her moo-moos, go get an $8 latte at Starbucks, call it a day. You apologize, you move on if there's no damage, okay? That's not what she did, there's more. I'm just looking out for my employee's car, that's all. Yeah, so well you can look out for your employee's car, looking at the car and think if anything was an issue. It's not my vehicle. Glad you're really good at picking on random strangers. Have a nice day, ma'am.
just trying to make sure your whip didn't get messed up. That's all. He's just trying to protect his employee's whip, okay? Karen, calm down. And that's a brave black woman who approached hit and run Karen there. Very brave, okay? Because she could have been the next one. You're intimidating me, you hit me, you bump me, your breath is hot. Who knows what it was gonna be, okay? Jackson, Karen wants us to think she's unwell, so we'll leave her alone. That's another ploy that they try to do here. What mm-hmm. say you? Well, I, she's acting. Okay, I have a few theories. Okay, one, she's acting like either she's never been distressed in her life, and it's just too much, right? Yeah. And my other theory is that like she did a little too much cocaine and thought she wasn't gonna <laughs> like deal with anything abrupt. And what? then like you know like she's already wired anyway, so something happens and she's just like. Yeah. Ah. And then she goes back home. She's like, oh, I think yeah. that was a little extra. I think that was a little much. But you know, people really they 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 don't help themselves when they get all loud and defensive in in much of any situation. But especially one like this, like it's not that big of a deal. Like cars get hit. Like if you would have just relaxed, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a thing. But she made it a thing. But that's what cocaine does. Yeah, <laughs> she made it a thing. And thank you because frankly, I'm biased. In this case, I referenced Starbucks and a latte and put that on her. Okay, yeah. you said drugs, perhaps, and that you crank the notch up just a little bit more. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? I took it up a little higher. You were right to speculate because <laughs> that was her behavior. Okay, if if that was a sister, people would have started talking about excited delirium and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. she really okay. Uh, that's not enough. Let's give you a double dose. <laughs> you want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Which one of you is gonna be a gentleman? Show me, show me which one of you is gonna be a gentleman. Show me, are there no gentlemen left in this? Are there no ladies left in this world? They can't. Move out of the way. No, don't touch me. <laughs> this is what happens when you're being nice. Move, I have a right not to be touched. And you have the space to move. Get out of the way. Which one are you gonna be a gentleman? Which one are you gonna be a gentleman? Which one? Which one? You have the space to move by. Why? Why are you not moving? Why? Why are you not being a gentleman? Why? Why? Why are you not being a gentleman to me? What did I do to you that I caused you to not be a gentleman to me? I don't even know you. I don't even know you. I don't know you. Move out of the way. You wanna go by? It's a hell of a monologue. When I saw the footage, I thought instantly, "Oh, this is Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli giving the performance of a lifetime on a bus. Just flawless and award-winning. What say you, Jackson? Well, the last video I mentioned cocaine, this video is like meth. You know, we're yeah. we gonna crank it up even more. But no, nah, yeah, I think, I don't know what was going on, but she like, she was, I hope she wasn't in her right mind. I hope that isn't how she does her thing every single day because it, uh, yeah, she was freaking out a little bit. I don't think she had that many stops left. It, it mm. wasn't that big of a deal, you know, relax. Relax, and what do you make of the reaction? Because, you know, I take the bus occasionally, not in a long time. I used to ride the New York City subway. You pop off like this, you might get a different reaction. 
Yeah, yeah, you got you got to be careful. You know what I'm saying? Especially we're all grown. It's not like she's in a. Well, it's not like she's a child. You know what I'm saying? So she yelling in people's face could have been. And you mentioned in the last one about bad breath. She could have bad breath, and it could be you know <laughs> just say that to the wrong person, and that's it. You know, yeah, there's so. nothing worse than you're in a closed <laughs> space. You know, yeah. the air's not circulating properly. There's not enough seats. That's what our yeah. monologue was about. And then suddenly somebody's very breathy, and what do you do? Well, maybe we should we should use this as a case study that we need better public transportation. Mm. That part, okay. If she was in London, it'd be a double decker. She could, you know, somebody could go. You could escape her, basically. Exactly. Uh, Much more (laughs) indisputable when we come right back. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Welcome back to Indisputable. You know, the loyal people who watch this show and are loyal to Dr. Rashad Ritchie as well are very generous. You're very generous. Let's give you an update on the campaign going on in Mississippi, so close to the goal. Donate tyt.com relief. We're 3,000 away from hitting our goal of 28,000. Can you help the people of Mississippi by rushing? whatever you can give to the National Clean Water Collective. Can you do that for us today? Make a donation today at tyt.com relief. Our partners at the National Clean Water Collective have given truckloads of clean water desperately needed there. Water testing kits too, they've given those to hundreds of residents in Jackson, Mississippi. Also don't forget the merch is everywhere. Shop TYT, welcome to another year of Shop TYT's nine days of impact. Ditching Black Friday consumerism, we don't need that. We're gonna allow you to make an impact through your purchases. Directly support amazing progressive organizations. TYT's mission of driving positive change. Get awesome activist merch all at the same time. On our first day of impact, we're supporting the Sunrise Movement, a youth organization. It's dedicated to fighting the existential threat of climate change. For every purchase made from the Go Green or TDR collection, $2 for every $20 order, $4 for every $40 order, $8 for every $80 order from shoptyt.com will be donated to the Sunrise Movement. So let's make an impact together, shoptyt.com. And you know, listen, if you're into buying gifts for people and the like, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want some TYT merch? Some more viewer comments for you. This is Lynn X Con. OMG, that whiny ass ranting. She sounds like a parody of Karen's. Well, they were both whining, but Lynn's talking about the one who hit the parked car and then acted like, you know, she was the victim. She's good at it too. She's very good at it. Let's go to St. Louis because this one is, well, an incredible story of a judge who decides that she, I think, wants to get closer to heaven. But anyway, she sentenced a 16 year old to 241 years in prison and then had a change of heart. Let's show you. What we've learned about this story, okay, 16 years old, this man is now free. St. Louis judge has advocated the release of this black man. She sentenced to, again, 241 years in prison when he was just 16. Bobby Bostic is his name, seated there with the now retired judge Evelyn Naker, who gave him that sentence, really 
241 years, my goodness, for a robbery charge. He was an associate of the crime, you would say. On Wednesday, Bostic was released from prison, that was November 9th, and met with family, friends, and the judge who sentenced him. Again, she retired now, since changed her mind, calling her decision an act of, quote, insanity. After leaving the bench, she dedicated her time to helping the young man who's now 43 and a different person get paroled just in time for the holidays. When asked if he harbored any ill will toward Baker, Mr. Bostic said he did not, but was grateful for her support. I'm a free man all because of you, all who supported me. While I cannot change what happened so many years ago, I will mentor and teach young people to take a different path. And I did when I was a young child myself. Bostic became a ward of the state in 1995 and 1997. Then Judge Evelyn Baker convicted him to 241 years in prison on 18 counts. Convictions for every count to run consecutively, okay, not concurrent. She, the judge, had discretion and said, nah, they're gonna run consecutively for being an accomplice in two armed robberies. Under her sentencing, he would not have been eligible for parole until he turned 112. That according to the St. Louis American, great newspaper out of St. Louis. Judge Evelyn Baker was said at his 1997 sentencing, your mandatory date to go in front of the parole board will be the year 2020, whoa, 2201 is what it says. Nobody in this room is gonna be alive in that year. In Baker's mind, Bostic was not capable of reform. Again, age 16, Baker says her sentencing reflected her lack of understanding about adolescent development, a teen's brain, as research such as that by the National Institute of Mental Health indicates it is not fully formed a child's brain until the mid to late 20s. Now, I. There's more to this story, Jackson, but I want to bring you in. You're from St. Louis. I don't know if you know Judge Naker, but for her to not understand, and not excusing the crime or being a party to it, for her to not understand that a 16-year-old black child does not have the full faculties, the full wherewithal, the brain power to understand the consequences, perhaps fully of his actions. I, that's why I said I think she's just trying to get closer to heaven. Yeah, I agree. I think this is just her attempt at you know clearing her consciousness as much as she can, in as many ways as she can, because really she's just you know sugarcoating her racism by playing stupid, you know, you know, with general lack of knowledge of human anatomy. But you know, anybody who's reached adulthood doesn't think of teenagers as children. I mean, does she consider herself at 16 a child? No, I'm sure she wouldn't. But this again is just a reflection of the white supremacy foundations of the country. You know, when the crime bill was passed in the early 90s, that was really the whole premises of it. As it targeted black and brown people, especially in inner city areas where there aren't opportunities, that was a whole attitude. These these people can't be reformed. We have to treat them like adults or else they're gonna come get us. But the reality is, you know, again, like you said, it's not to justify being a part of an armed robbery, but you know, 
typically these are crimes of poverty. And, and I mean, I myself, I could very well be in prison right now off drug charges and theft charges and different types of stuff. Just me being young and trying to make money and doing things. And luckily that never crossed my crossed my path, but it very well could have. Um, and you know, so her just handing out these types of uh, sentences the way that she did, she knew what she was doing. Uh, but she's looking at death coming in and she's trying to clear her conscience, just like you said. Yeah, and it's a good thing the statute of limitations is up and Judge Baker's not on the bench or else she might be the type that would come after you today. <laughs> right, exactly. That, okay, <laughs> like I said, I don't know why it's so self-serving. Just do it quietly, okay? And let Mr. Bostic um, come forward to the cameras if he wishes to tell his story, he wants to help others. And I wanna show you this because he is an accomplished man now, age 43, 43 years old after all of that time behind bars. Let's tell you a little bit more, okay? Because this is a young man who's written books. He's written books in prison. He's learned without a formal education in prison. 2022, Bostic boasted earning an associate degree, writing 15 books while incarcerated, 15, including a biography of his mother, wow. He learned he also was resilient in 2010 when the US Supreme Court ruled to outlaw life sentences for people under 18 for non-homicide crimes, but refused to hear his case in 2019. He did not shrink up, he did not shrink or give up. He focused, he worked with the American Civil Liberties Union Missouri legislature to pass a law based on his case, okay? So that'll tell you how when the mind grows up, what happened. This piece of legislation pushed by Republican representative Nick Shore of Missouri called the Bobby Bostic Law allows teens locked up essentially for life crimes other than murder to have a parole board review after 15 years in jail. The law was adopted in 2021, helped put along his 2022 parole hearing and his freedom being granted. So, you know, Jackson, I don't even, I don't even want to give her credit for this. No. He did the work. He freed himself. He got the law, his name state law passed. And now he's free. Why should she sit next to him? Yeah, no, she she doesn't deserve any type of praise. And if she had any type of real self-awareness or wherewithal, as you pointed out, she would have gone about this more quietly um, because this doesn't make you look good whatsoever. And you know, he very well could have not survived those 37 years in prison. He could have well been gotten killed off of just some everyday because prison life is horrible. You know, so uh, no, she I, I don't know what she was thinking, honestly, um, but uh, no, I have no sympathy for her. I have no love for her. And hopefully this man can get as much support as he needs. And also continue to become more successful and be an inspiration and a leader for others. Yeah, he wasn't just gonna you know, sit there and rot. Here's somebody who, and I don't buy this moment of insanity. Again, I read you what she said from the bench. She seemed to take the light. Consecutive, not it was sadistic, right? Right, sadistic. And there's more like her, and there's more like Bobby Bostic, who still haven't seen the light of day. 16 years old. Who were you at age 16? She needs to have several seats, this judge. But some people don't want to take a seat, they don't want to go away. Like Kanye, right? He's back. (laughs) And 
Donald Trump wasn't the only one who made an announcement. Guess who else is running for president in 2024? And he's back on social media, baby. Thanks, look at them together, to Elon Musk. Kanye's back, he tweeted out. First, it was just a little test making sure that he was online and his millions of followers were reading him clearly. Let's show you what Kanye was up to over the weekend, if you will, because he had a lot to say, making up for, well, lost time, we'll call it. Let's show you the video first that he posted. This is Milo right here. How you doing, Milo? on the campaign. Oh, right on. Is that an announcement? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. Thanks, I accept. <laughs> so, Paul, right here, we got the we got the Balenciaga right here. But it's the Yay 24 merch on it. You know what I mean? So we got some of that right here. That's that Yay 24. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. <laughs> So you are running. Yes. That's awesome, Kanye. Simple. <laughs> Simple as that. So, you know, my, tell me, you know, yeah. you should say this, you should say that, you know. It's just we're moving towards the future. Like, so what we do here is I've cut up, you know, a hundred hoodies from Yeezy, from Balenciaga, from the stuff we did at Gaff, from the stuff we did at Adidas. And everything we do is gonna cost $20. We need to make sure that everyone can receive the same level of cuts, the same level of food, same level of water, same level of education, the curriculum, the engineering. We're beings with engineering opportunities. We're getting past the past, we're focused on the future. Okay. <laughs> you know, Kanye, is going to be Kanye. I want to talk about the people around him, including the people who giggle and laugh at everything he says. Some of it makes sense, some of it is just crass, some of it is anti-Semitic. What about the people around him who support this? And I'm not saying, Jackson, that that's going to make him stop his antics. And he believes in this. He may believe in this, you know, ye 24. But what about the people around him, those that are left? They know he ain't gonna become president, and um, you know the reality is, is Kanye doesn't stand a chance at doing well whatsoever. Um, but it's really just he's done this to himself. You know, he he's really put himself. I mean, we just watched him lose so many endorsements, and it's not just the endorsements that he lost, but he worked for twenty plus years to get them. And he doesn't make any sense with what he talks about. The only reason anybody gives him any type of grace is because he's so famous and wealthy. And he was a huge part of our of many of our lives growing up. He did have a big impact on our, our views on art, our views on what we can do, what we can accomplish in this society. So to see him go from that to where he is now, he's really just a pathetic nobody at this point. Um, you know, no one should worry about his political impact. And um, uh, honestly, uh, he should be on suicide watch. And I'm not even trying to be funny. Uh, but he's, I mean, what type of people are around him that are worth a damn at this point? You know what I mean? So that's, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, we're watching a human train wreck. Um, and you're right, it's not funny. 
I, I don't erase what he did for the culture, but he's on a collision course with even more. It seems like whatever episodes going on has lasted a very long time. Milo Yiannopoulos is who he referred to as his campaign manager. A disgrace, so, another disgraced individual. He, you know, so. he loves this this company. And you know, at a certain point, you got to give him what he wants because he's just going to take it and not care who he harms, including apparently his children. Um, Twitter, let's show you. Uh, he was also spotted with white nationalist Nick Fuentes um, in his Beverly Hills studio, right? So this is who he's rocking with. This is his inspiration these days, okay? This is what he's looking for, and he's celebrating it, okay? Cartoon version of himself, and Kanye, Fuentes, and Wes right there. Most banned in USA, and they're proud of it. I wonder when he comes up for air how he'll feel about all of this. Maybe he won't care, or maybe he'll go on an apology tour. Will anybody be listening? Separately on Sunday, Wes celebrated being back on Twitter again after his ban over an anti-Semitic tweet. Posting a test tweet to see if my Twitter is unblocked. And indeed, there it is. And see, Jackson, Elon Musk is, is celebrating this. People say there's chaos going on at Twitter right now. I, I think it's organized chaos. This is exactly what he wants, okay, to keep sowing these seeds of dysfunction, racism, anti-Semitism. Doesn't even matter what he believes. Just keep it going because that keeps Twitter going. That, that's honestly what I believe. I don't know. I think you might be giving Elon Musk a little too much credit on that end. I think he's just an idiot who's in over his head. Um, I think not to say that he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he's about to get me ranting on Elon Musk. I'm, I'll be talking so much mess Ooh, about yeah, Elon yeah. Musk because he's a fraud. Uh, he's been lying for the last 20 years about everything he's ever said. Um, and Twitter may end up burying him financially. Uh, but yeah, no, Kanye, Kanye West is just a clown, and it's it's. I mean, this is what he's done to himself. So now he's in the likes of uh, the Elon Musk bus, who also is a clown. But I got to stop talking about him because we'll be here forever. Yeah, we'll be here forever. <laughs> um, as we head to break, we'll throw up that last tweet. Uh, Kanye, he just can't help himself. Okay, here it is again. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed, in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Proud to be part of this network because of shows like this, Unboss, Nina Turner. Tune in, subscribe to Unboss with Nina Turner at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. And there you have the YouTube channel, youtube.com, Unboss, TYT. You can catch her every day. The watch list, add the watch list to your watch list and join J.R. Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. J.R. always he mixes commentary with comedy, and at least I find him entertaining. So be sure to catch the watch list daily. Get you some more viewer comments. Lynn Price, Kanye went over the edge at slavery was a choice. Everything else after that was just a little extra extra. Yeah, I agree. Kanye running for president, tube doggo. This country needs so much help, don't you think? Okay, and not just Kanye. 
cray cray souffle. No, please, Lordy, not for POTUS. Just get some serious mental help, not run for president. Um, pretty much sums it up. Man sentenced to 241 years by Judge Naker. Cassiopeia, uh, he's very humble considering he is. There's there's love in his heart and more work to be done. Um, he has goals, he's achieving them, including helping others. So I couldn't agree more. Tyler Hackner, adultification of black kids. And that's usually how it goes, okay? As soon as you come out the womb, isn't that the truth? Jackson, for too many so, black men, they're, it's criminalized. Absolutely, I, I was laughing at the comments real quick because somebody said Kanye isn't even invited to funerals. It's <laughs> true. I believe it's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he's getting his friends wherever he can. Yeah, man, he, he, he's doing what he can. But yeah, that was bad time because I read that. I read that as soon as you were talking about something more cryptic. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, now we getting all the comments in. Yeah, we gotta get man. We appreciate your comments. Keep them coming. <laughs> uh, now let's talk about a, a billionaire chicken heir. This chicken man wandered into uh, the wrong house, drunk, and went to bed in a woman's bed. A stranger. Okay, want to show you something. This is how the police arrested him. Hey, Mr. Tyson. John. Fayetteville Police Department. You're not in your house. John. Need you to wake up and talk to me before I drag out, drag you out here butt naked. You have two options. Either one is you sit up and put your clothes on, or two, you go to jail just like you are right now. Alright. Put your hands behind your back. No. Hands behind your back. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, yo, 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 This isn't your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey. Hands hey. behind your back. You're under hey, arrest. Whoa, whoa. You're under arrest. Relax. Kick your feet up towards me. Thank you. Come on. John. Let's go, John. I'm going to sleep. No, you're not. You're this going to jail. House. You're in the wrong house. The girl who lives here doesn't know you. Came home to find you asleep in her bed. All right, John, you got some stairs. Be careful, right? Can I go for you real quick? No, you can't. They're so worried about him. They're so gentle with him, okay? Here's a 32-year-old billionaire chicken man. There's his picture, the mug shot. His name is John Tyson, yes, that chicken. Tyson. And did you see how the police treated him? Okay, it's the difference between white meat and dark meat, frankly. That's how they're treating him. Watch the stairs, John. It's like how I wake my daughter up after a long, you know, winter break, first day back to school. You have to really keep a soft tone, very sweet, very cuddly. He's charged with trespassing <laughs> after going into this college age woman's home and getting in her bed, public. Intoxication as well, and doesn't he look foolish? That's probably a $600 haircut, I can see it right there. If you notice something about the police in this shot, they're unbothered. 
They don't know, look at all the covers. They don't know what's under there. I know, but this is the South where I live. People sleep with their guns in the South. They're not worried in the least bit. Waking Goldilocks up like, hey, it's all good, right? John, John, hey, sweetie, wake up. Come on, John. Can you come on and uncross your legs and get him swing side of the bed there, John? <laughs> Can you? I mean, Jackson, have you seen anything like this? Because I've seen some other arrests, and they don't <sighs> go anything like this unless you're a billionaire chicken heir. Uh, the chicken man, like Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, you know mm. what I'm saying? That's 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 what we gonna call him. But but no, like the level of concern in his spirit was non-existent. Like there were three police officers, and what he did was like no, go breaking into someone's house. I mean, he didn't like break windows, but still, regardless, like sleeping in someone else's bed in a house that's not yours is rather serious. I mean, if someone could have came home and saw that there was a strange person in their bed, they could have shot him for it, and they likely would have gotten away with it. And, and, and he was he was fairly intoxicated, like he really did not know what was going on. But that just really just goes to show the level of privilege that he exists in 24/7, that he just does this completely comfortably. Meanwhile, um, you know, uh, we, we have whatever the judge's name from St. Louis was, you know, Judge Naker. Yeah, Judge Naker. You know, she's given 16 year olds almost 300 year sentences for being poor, basically. Mm-hmm. And this guy, you know, is being gently taken out, like you said, like he just got done with, with summer vacation. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, what is there even to argue about the difference in this country? Yeah, and you know, um, he apologized to investors. Again, this is he's a grandson. His last name's Tyson. Said, you know, this will never happen again. He is educated at Ivy League schools. He worked for J.P. Morgan, and none of that matters. And I don't know why that phrase "only the best people" always pops into my mind when we're dealing with this kind of frat boy behavior. But the disproportionate treatment, and I mean by the media too. TMZ is the one that dubbed him Goldilocks, and then even said, "Listen, this there's no big deal. It's not heinous." They said this is relatable to anybody who's ever been blacked out. It's not relatable to Donovan Lewis. Check out that video. We're gonna send that dog in. That's working three D ninety one he got something in his hand. Hands, hands, hands. Hands, hands, hands. Hands. Let me see the right hand. Crawl out here. Crawl out. Crawl out. Hands behind your back. Call for a 24. Hands. 4310, starting at 24. Get your hand mic. Stop resisting. He's pulling away. Yes. Stomach. Okay. Okay. Yes. And then the lies. Lies. They know the body cam is recording. He's shot. He would die less than an hour later. He's pulling away. Split second decision, you bet. As soon as the door opens, he's shot. He's dead less than an hour later, okay? 
They don't know what's under the covers. He had a vape pen next to him, okay? A vape pen. They didn't know what was under the covers. Columbus police, they had to shoot him. Donovan Lewis is dead. John Tyson, the chicken man who told police, I'm going back to bed. When they pulled the covers down, he pulled the covers back up. Said, no, I said I'm going back to sleep. Belligerent, drunk, trespassing, but hey, he's a chicken air, Jackson. Well, you know, the reality is, is that um, you know, black people are feared in this country, and you know, for those who don't grow up in diverse urban areas or just diverse areas in general, often the only representation that they see of black people is music videos or some. You know, thug hood hero movie where it's a story about drug dealers in the city. Um, that's all people ever see. Um, they're not exposed to anything different. And then you have police officers often who are patrolling in areas that they don't live in, that they didn't grow up in, that they have no connection to. Um, you know, so again, just the attitude, it's not just you with the gun and the authority behind you, but you're there with multiple people. So the overwhelming fear really rationally shouldn't be there. If not logically, you think black people are dangerous. So that's all That's all it is, it's the culture and it's the foundations of the country. Couldn't have said it any better and I should add this, we didn't show it to you. But again, the college student called the police and wasn't in fear from body camp footage that I saw. Was waiting outside and kind of giggling and said, yeah, you can go in. Again, benefit of the doubt here, he got all of that. And they didn't even know that he was the chicken heir at the time. They just knew he was a white guy, drunk and asleep in their house, in their bed. And oh, by the way, she left the door unlocked, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, so again, he didn't he didn't even have to, to, to break mm-hmm. in. But again, just the, the culture of everything, he just comfortably in there. And he's lucky that someone didn't shoot him, you know? So yeah, what are, what are we even talking about right now? Let's move on, FAMU graduate student with a beautiful future. If she could only clear up what's in her rear view mirror. Let's show you who we're talking about because there's a resolution in this one. Okay, remember her? I'm sure you remember her and we blurred out some of the most memorable parts. She's a grad student at Florida A&M set to receive her degree that was nearly derailed by that risque photo. I mean, yeah, I the beholder, I guess. Her name is Tarika Williams. She posed for that photo not long after earning her master's in counselor education. So, you know, she's a baller and she seems to have some artistic vision. She explained the reasoning behind her photo. I took one next to the snake statue that represents me shedding like a snake into my next chapter. Makes sense to me. What was unique about that photo was that I appeared to be nude and I had snakes coming out of my head. That's what she told NBC in Miami, okay? William said shortly after the photo went viral, the university, this is FAMU folks, informed her her master's diploma would be held up even though she had met all the requirements. Their words were that there would be a trial to decide if I violated any student code of conduct, William said. I was a little shocked because I didn't feel like I violated any rules. 
Jackson, <laughs> I've seen more on the Kardashians yeah. channel than I don't understand what the controversy is here. Yeah, I don't either. And I mean, just kind of general college campus festivities are often a lot more raunchy or sexually exploitative than that. And still aren't that big of a deal. So I don't, this photo wasn't a big deal. I guess somebody up in the higher ranks freaked out or made some type of a big fuss about it. And then that just caused a chain reaction. I don't know what went on, but uh, overreaction is uh, an understatement for sure. Um, you know, it's not like she, you know, filmed like a, a movie or something on campus or did something with a teacher or something truly inappropriate that like puts, you know, the the uh, integrity of the university uh, uh, online. But yeah, I don't I don't know what went on, but this was an extreme overreaction for sure. Yeah, and universities are supposed to be about freedom of expression, the First Amendment. I mean, that's what we think of, controversy, courting it willingly. Her attorney said that this clearly violated her First Amendment rights, her free speech rights. And and who could argue with that? Well, fam, you did. The attorney goes on to explain that Terika was not actually in the nude. They want to make that point very clear. I don't know if it matters if she was in the nude or not. What if she was in the nude? Okay, as long as she's not breaking any laws, who cares? It's a photo that she put out there. When she took that picture, there was no one around the campus. So it's not like she disrupted school functions, which is what the school initially said. Secondly, that she violated a law which was confirmed by the school's police department that she was not in any violation of any Florida statute. So they're making it up as they go along. Williams claimed that without a master's degree, she had been unable to secure internships at mental counseling centers for months. I mean, you have to prove certain things that you meet the criteria to get some of these opportunities. Williams appeared before the university board in September. She made her case and recently, FAMU ruled in her favor, and now she is waiting on that diploma to arrive so she can present it to potential counseling firms. I think, Jackson, that she has a case for more, okay? Don't just give me my diploma. Look what you, you derailed my life, uh, emotional distress, you know. Don't you think she deserves more than just a diploma at this point? Uh, definitely, and I think that uh, legally uh, she can get more, and also to set a precedent because this is very 1953-esque. You know what I'm saying? Like, woman, you're you you should be grateful that you can be in our institution. You know what I'm saying? Like, or or, or whatever they were trying to do it was just absolutely it was goofy. It was lame. You know what I mean? Like, this is something that the whole country can point their fingers at and laugh at FAMU. Like, what is it, 1945? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I think she absolutely should uh, go after more just because she can. Why not? This was stupid. Stupid. And I'm curious as to who was really pushing this at the university. You know, she looks natural to me. I don't know. Everybody's getting that. What's it called? The BBL? Somebody was jealous of her assets, if you will. So yeah. they decided to hold up her hard work and that diploma. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Uh, much more indisputable when we come right back. We are the first to bring you the story of the brutal assault of a man named Mr. Hobbs in a Camden County jail. Now, 
Lawyers are involved, press conference is happening today. There is an official investigation of GBI, they have been notified. Let me remind you of the footage. We are now in receipt of all of them. I will give you the update as we have it today. Let's put up the picture of that jail facility in Camden County. Now remember, Camden County is in deep south Georgia. It is so south that literally many of the residents actually commute to Florida to go to work. That is how south Camden is. This incident occurred at the Camden County Jail in the state of Georgia. Several officers beat and choked. Mr. Hobbs, other individuals who are incarcerated had to jump in to save him. Since then, our reports have spread across the entire internet. It's gone viral, all right? Um, and you will recall, we received more graphic footage of the attack. Here it is. <laughs> Okay, he's in his cell, this is a suicide watch cell. Individuals dealing with mental health crises, he is attacked. There is no provocation. They have no interest in subduing him, in arresting him. They only have an interest in beating him, okay, that's it. And they continue to do so. And he goes off camera, where outside they continue to do the same thing, beat him even more. The brutality, the vicious nature of their criminal actions should have landed them in jail immediately. Anybody else would have been incarcerated for multiple felonies with a video like that. And then they put him in a wheelchair and throw him inside of the cell. Limp body, unable to move. To add to the egregious activity you just saw, they would not allow him any medical treatment for 15 days. They charged him with felonies against other officers. He was in for a nonviolent offense. All of this happened while being incarcerated in Camden County Jail. Now, we have more info from those who are close to the Source. Let's put up the picture of him and his family. I want to remind people of the humanity of this victim. After the beating, Hobbs was charged with nine counts of assault, battery, and obstruction of an officer. The 41-year-old was held in isolation about 15 days after the unprovoked attack. 
Mr. Hobbs said he did not receive medical attention. Let's put up the attorney for Mr. Hobbs, Harry Daniels. Harry Daniels is a civil rights lawyer and a dear friend of mine. He's on the case, he's actually in Camden County today, spoke to him earlier. The Camden County Sheriff, Jim Proctor, has now launched an official investigation after the release of the second report. Now remember, this happened back in September. This happened back in September and it is finally getting a level of investigation. GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, they are now involved. Indisputable received a statement from the department. A video published on social media is a portion of an incident that occurred at the Camden County Sheriff's Office jail. Has the public questioning the actions of the corrections officer. This investigation will include all recorded video from the time the inmate entered the facility on September 3rd, 2022. Until his release on September 30th, 2022. Two people who work or have worked at the jail wrote to Indisputable directly. Now remember, Indisputable talked to Mr. Hobbs directly as well. He gave a significant insight as to what actually happened. So here's what the anonymous corrections employees said to us. There was a white female sergeant that reported a beating in that same jail and it was swept under the rug. She would not let it go because she took her position seriously and she saw a miscarriage of justice. She was fired for trumped up reasons. A former corrections officer in the jail also reached out to us and said, I was fired. I was the only witness to speak up for police brutality that I witnessed on my shift. I witnessed three of my fellow officers illegally strip search a man outside of the strip search policy. He was fired, right? We're gonna continue to bring you the updates to the story, but obviously there's a sea of corruption here. And as I have said before, typically when you have individuals who are willing to operate outside of the lines with a group of people, that's a cultural issue. That's not an independent issue. This is how they operate. Sharon, thoughts here. It's a mafia. I'm disgusted. It is, you've done the people's work yet again because we need to see more of it. I did not want to watch it, but I made myself. And everybody needs to look at it. You want to talk about Ukraine? Okay. But let's talk about South Georgia as well. This is torture, as you said, felony assault, obstruction. Every bit of it, every bit of it needs to be ferreted out and needs to be handled at the highest level with the Harshest punishment available. Black teenager, this video is going viral. She's eulogizing her father, who she called a Trump loving racist. But, Dad, please know that while I'm grateful and highly aware of all that you've given this family, I still don't miss you. When you died, I felt like there was a hole. I missed something, but it wasn't you. It was the idea of what you could become. I miss being able to hope and wish that one day you turn a corner and see the world from my perspective. I miss the idea that one day you might help me fight for the things that matter. I missed my fantasy of you. Because when you died, it solidified the fact that you'll never be what you could have been, but only what you are. And what you are is a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, Trump-loving, cis-straight white man. That is all you will ever be to me. And dad, before you tell me to respect the dead, please remember that you disrespected and disregarded the lives and deaths of entire communities of people with your ideology. You told me to never back down, so I won't. You know for a fact that
that even against you, I'm not afraid to share my peace. You are everything I aspire not to be, and I refuse to stand up here and sing the praises of a man who is the paradigm of white supremacy. So I'll take your racist mindset, I'll take your money, and I'll take your advice. And I swear to God I will make this world a better place, not at all because of you, but in exact opposition to you. Thank you. I don't know if you could hear it there, but at the end, I mean, it was a packed church too. Somebody was saying, huh? like they were caught. Think, did we just hear that? And somebody I heard say, oh, come on. Saga, 19 years old, eulogizing their father, okay? Posted it to TikTok, there's Saga right there, white father, who they claim is a Trump loving racist, a misogynist. Notice though, she is, they are going to keep the money. Uh, and do good with it, um, and defending the controversy, uh, standing firm on what they said during that eulogy. Funerals and speeches are to provide solace to the people giving them, Saga told uh, the national desk. My solace was in my truth. It was in expressing and condemning all of the trauma my father has caused me and expressing my grief the way I needed to express it. But not everybody is convinced. Some said a funeral's not the right time. A eulogy is supposed to capture the best of the departed and leave us with something memorable. This was memorable, okay? And Saga also addressed people who disagree, if you will. Let's put up the statement there. Because this person knows who they are and they're gonna stick with it. And I think it was an act of courage. Here it is. Some people think the funeral wasn't the right place, but what was the right place? Whenever would I get another opportunity to speak my truth and not just on TikTok to a screen, but really speak it, Saga added. A part of me wanted to prove to myself that I had the bravery and the balls to be able to stand in my truth and belt it out to whoever could hear, which is why I did it. Jackson, right time. Or wrong place. Wrong uh, I mean, time. I mean, ultimately, I, I think that my opinion on that or anyone else's is irrelevant because she did it. And you know, uh, there were people in the audience who clapped. And uh, you know, there, 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 it could be said maybe if she was older, she wouldn't have gone about it like that. But for her to do what she did, uh, obviously, she felt very strongly. Otherwise, she wouldn't have done it at that time. So, I mean, I don't really have very many personal thoughts about it on whether she's right or wrong for doing it other than it happened. And apparently this guy was a bit of a creep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, if, she, if she hadn't had done that at the eulogy, that wouldn't have changed that, but she made the decision to do it. So, I mean, you know, what my, my thoughts on that really don't matter that much. Yeah. It's- their father and they can do as they please. But I will say this, um, didn't know the man, but you don't, and I've read everything that I get my hands on that's out there. Again, the video went viral, but I didn't hear any family stand up and say, you, you just lied. He wasn't a racist, he wasn't a misogynist, he wasn't a Trump lover, okay? This was a, a man of God and a man who, supported women and minorities, including his own black child. I didn't hear or see anyone 
say that. No. So my point is, it shouldn't a eulogy and a funeral, if you're so inclined, be about the truth? And this was apparently the truth, okay? Because when would she get an opportunity to address it in front of this audience who surely had to know who he was? I mean, that's my take, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And again, you know, there were people in the audience who clapped, and no one. If if that was like really untrue, there would have been some pretty stark outrage in there, um, just because it would have been like, what? Like, where is this coming from? Um, but you know, again, uh, that she felt that that was the best time and place for her to speak that uh, with people who all knew him at least to some degree. Um, so you know, what what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also um, it's testament to something else. As parents, we often think we have to be perfect. We have to be, you know, do everything the right way. At least you try. This man perhaps didn't try, was stuck in his ways and was gonna do, do it his way till the end. And we see how that worked out. But I do think it means that even the worst kind of parent who suppresses who a child is, who doesn't allow a child to be free or have freedom of thought or never says sorry. One of those parents who never says sorry to a child, this child got something from their father. That sparked change, a call to action. I really believe that even the worst parent can inspire a child to do good. I mean, is that too idealistic? No, I don't think so. And I mean, if, if, if there's anything that could have been taken from this man's death in his life, I, I guess that was a positive angle. Because unfortunately, some people go to the grave with not much good being able to be said about him, as we you know see from this example. So if there was anything positive that we can get from it, I guess that's a good thing. But I mean, yeah. you know, oh well, <laughs> I don't feel I, sorry I think for him. I don't either, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I think it's perhaps the most impactful, profound eulogy I've ever watched. I've <laughs> researched and I've seen some other kids who've written a venom filled obit that I came across. I think it was from 2013 and those kids said, our mom was an abusive trash box, paraphrasing and we're glad she's dead, okay? Might be a trend, who knows? How certain people will be eulogized, including maybe a former president, who knows? Jackson <laughs> White, tell us where people can find you. Uh, yeah, I uh, do videos on Rebel HQ. You can catch me on that Monday through Friday. And also, uh, you can follow my podcast on YouTube. This uh, Politics and Papers, just youtube.com slash at Politics and Papers. So you can check me out there. It was great being on here with you today. Yeah, I had a good it was time. great being on with you too. Yeah. And uh, I do find your comments to be inspiring as well. And I thanks for giving it. us some insight about uh, your hometown of St. Louis. I'm Sharon Reed, you can catch me across all platforms at Sharon Reed Live. I wanna thank Dr. Richie for letting me fill in as host today. This is indisputable.